Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the On The Box podcast, the television show podcast on the Anfield Index podcast channel. That's saying the word podcast a lot. Um, we're back. We're back. Finally, we're back. I needed to get this going again in the international break when there's not as much football or at least football that you want to watch. But there is something we really want to talk about today because we're all massive, massive fans of The Karate Kid, the original movie. And a TV show has been released uh, as a continuation of that. So I had to find two guests who had watched this and who thought it was very, very good or at least, you know, enjoyed it. And uh, I have found them uh, normal as usual. Um, the right hand woman on AI, Nina Kazan. Nina, how are you doing? Strike first. No mercy. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the middle one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my god. And we've also got uh Jessel Padania. Jessel, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm great, Gags. Thanks very much. Welcome back, man. Sensei. Welcome back. Sensei, that's it, Sensei. I'm gonna call myself Cobra Causa. That's there. pretty oh, good. Oh, I like it. That is pretty good, Cobra Causa. That is a very good one. So as you know, we're gonna be talking about Cobra Kai, um, released earlier this year. I think it was May. And um first and foremost, guys, both of you, I, I assume both of you massive fans of the Karate Kid original. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, obviously, obviously, because we watched it. But Cobra Kai. So when it was announced that this was going to be made, Jessel, when they, you know, before you've seen it, all of that, what did you think? Because I had concerns. It's natural to have concerns because you just don't want that. You don't want them to take the intellectual property and the beauty of the original one and just ruin it and and kind of cheapen it and and for it to be based like solely on nostalgia i think that's the worst mistake any program can make and what's great about this uh, you know you you said whether we thought it was very good or this or that this is my favorite tv show of 2018 this is my favorite this is the best i started watching it at like eight o'clock and just did not stop until like one o'clock in the morning 
And for something to be that good, it has to be based on really strong foundations. And the original trilogy, um, for me, is just brilliant. It inspired me to learn karate when I, I was a kid, and I almost got to black belt and things like that. And and you know, I used to rewatch it and watch it again. And and this is such an intelligent continuation of that original trilogy if you kind of forget all the other stuff like the hillary swank movie and um and the jaden smith one this takes those original characters mm-hmm. brings them up after 34 years and and it just expands it in a way that obviously a movie can't if you've got a tv show you can take them in all different directions develop the characters all the minor characters as well and and the way that they've done it it's so brilliant and i i can't rank it highly enough to be honest i'd love to know what you guys think of it first nina Go ahead. What did you think of it? Because you only watched it like a day or so ago. I watched it on Friday. And much like Jessel, it is so Moorish. I started at like midday. I started at 12 o'clock and I was finished by 6 o'clock in the evening. I did stop for wee breaks and stuff, people. Uh, you know, there were some breaks, but it is so addictive. You watch one episode, they're short, they're snappy, they leave you wanting more. And I had concerns too, thinking, oh God, is this going to be like... A, a dragged out continuation of you know he's the pure baddie and he's the pure goodie but it's it's a bit of an eye-opener and you you kind of see things differently my only concern was initially was it's been 30 years why are they still going to be holding a grudge you know one of them things I thought you know like you you let your high school bullshit go I mean I think you know we've all been in a situation where we've had people where we don't get on with at school or we were bullied at school and you kind of let that go but luckily it didn't really go down that route too much it was a little bit I thought different and unlike Jessel I didn't get inspired to do karate I, I I do tai chi because I'm weak but it did inspire me to never ever age what the hell? <laughs> so random, so random. I thought, I thought the beautiful thing about this TV show was that whilst capturing the essence of the movie, they mm. made it different enough as well. So there were lots of similarities of the movie, loads and loads and loads in terms of story, but obviously not based on them too based on the next generation there was loads of little yeah, things the Miguel, the miguel's date with um uh, danny's daughter was the exact same date that he took ali on yeah yeah not only yeah. That, even when they were like even when and they the were soundtrack the, as well the soundtrack's great and even on the beach you know when they mm-hmm. were fighting they it looked like it was going to be a very similar situation but obviously that's where it all went down for the original the, the you know the the way when they were, when everything fell apart for um for johnny in the original you know, in terms of that's it, it's all hatred now. So, yeah, I thought there were loads of similarities, loads of good, but, but they did make it different in terms of, and this is the beauty we go and talk on, you know, about Daniel LaRusso. Instead of making him the, the goody two shoes and everything, they, they really changed up his character, didn't they? They really made it out now very confident, very successful, and at times very snobby. Yeah, I mean, can I talk about how I actually feel? Yeah, of course, just go for it. You know what? Um, I was absolutely shocked at um how different he was and just the perception of like, you know what? I'm going to say something. My childhood was a complete and utter bullshit and it was a lie because this kid was not bullied to the extreme that 
I thought that he was, how he perceived himself to be. And even like when you kind of go back to like when he was telling his kids about the stories about, you know, this Johnny lad that used to bully him at school, that they threw me off a cliff and things like that. And it was actually they actually you actually misdive you know you, you rode your bike off off a hill yourself they just kind of antagonized you a little i felt like yeah they were a little mean to him but i felt like he really made a mountain out of a molehill out of all this if you look back at the situation he's he is slimy and you know he's successful which obviously just um it makes sense that he would be successful um my only concern with him was was the simple fact that he had this like holier than thou attitude when it came to Johnny, in my opinion. Like the first time they met in, in his um, auto car dealer place and he was like, hey, remember when I kicked your ass? You're successful. Why do you need to bring that up? You know this guy's beat up. You know, I was I found yeah. myself getting really angry at him a lot of the times. I didn't want to get to this immediately at the start of the pod, but we're here now, so we're going to do this. So, <laughs> Jessel, I mean, Johnny obviously is a, is a bum. You know, everything's gone wrong in his life. Um, it feels like to me, he's the anti-hero of the show. You know, he's, he's a hero, but he's an anti-hero at the same time. Uh, kind of thing. I don't know whether you agree with that. Yeah. I think what it is, is he's kind of stuck in the eighties and. Oh my God. So stuck. That's the best way of putting it. He is so stuck. (laughs) Nothing's moved on. What's the film he's watching? Is it Iron Eagle? I mean, who watches Iron Eagle in 2018? I mean, who? Why has he still got his Halloween costume? Can someone please explain this to me? Yeah, he doesn't know how to use the new salt shakers. Yeah, the new salt, the salt peepings. He doesn't know that the equality in, in community and in, in, in the world, like, you know, he's taking the piss out of someone who's on the spectrum. Like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? They can see you. You know, like, you know what Facebook is, and he calls it Facebook.com. He can't yeah. even say the com properly, you know. Um, but, you know, so he's stuck in the 80s. Clearly, the, the world has kind of moved on without him, and, and Daniel LaRusso has moved with the world. He's married a very intelligent lady. He's got a couple of kids. He's successful. Johnny, you know, is the complete opposite. The, the thing I love as well is that the way that YouTube Premium have done this is the first two episodes are free, so anyone can watch them. And the first episode is just about Johnny, and the second one is all about Daniel. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just so fascinating the way that they hook you in, because after that, you're just like, I want to know what the hell happens now, you know, as soon as it's finished. And and if you if you haven't... Um, if you haven't got like a, a trial or whatever, I just paid immediately. I was like, take my money, YouTube. Just, I want to know what happens. And in terms of Johnny, he is fascinating because he is clearly the direction of his life hasn't gone well since that moment. Like he kind of pins it on that moment and he's got this absence of father figures. You know, his stepfather clearly is quite a bully and stuff like that. And, and his mother has, has had various issues and, and he's married, or at least he's had a child with someone who has raging issues as well. He himself isn't around for his own kids. So there's this kind of air of toxic masculinity and also abandonment in terms of male figures for him. He hasn't had that direction and he hasn't given that direction to anyone. So when it comes later in the series, he kind of, he grabs the chance to kind of rectify that in a way. Whereas if you look at Daniel LaRusso, you know, it was kind of similar to him. He didn't have a father figure, but he found Mr. Miyagi. And, you know, what do you guys think of of the way that Daniel was kind of shaped by Mr. Miyagi and then, you know, it changed the trajectory of his life? Absolutely. Mm. It, it, It was brilliant. Go on then. 
No, I was going to say, um, you know, you speaking about Johnny then, about his father figures, he even saw his sensei, John, was he called John Creese in, in Creese, the in, yeah. Creese. Yeah, he saw him as a father figure and we, and um, obviously the series goes into how he treated him afterwards. So um, it does kind of make sense as to why his life kind of spiraled out of control after that moment, because it felt like, and he also made references to it throughout the show, that this guy was his only positive influence in his life. As for um, Danny, Daniel um, had a very, very stable, very sane father figure in Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, and also the other thing that you pick up is that you don't get in the movie is that the father, the, the, the stepfather that he did have was awful. Like they had yeah. all the money, but he was awful to him. He was bullied at home. Well, remember, well, he said that line, didn't he? And, yeah. and it resonated. He goes, just because you live in a big house, it doesn't mean it's filled with happiness. Yeah. And then so when he gets the person that he trusts, also then bullies him in the end, mm-hmm. Chris, then imagine how much you get destroyed. And this is what happens to people. And it's, it's a reality thing. When you see someone who's not doing so well or is a little bit messed up, normally it's because of the upbringing and what's happened in their lives. They haven't been treated very well in their childhood or haven't had a good one. And that's exactly what's happened here with Johnny. You know, and you really do. I think they make you feel real sorry for him in this, in the show. Agreed. And you want him to succeed then. And even though he's got all those faults that Jessel said that he's stuck in the eighties, which means he knows he knows nothing about race, color. He doesn't care. It's it's still all stuck in the same back in that day. He doesn't care. He's very sexist at the time as well. He doesn't care. He really doesn't give a shit. He called yeah. Miguel and his family illegal immigrants when he first met them. Exactly. Am I, right? I was like, what the yeah. fuck? My mouth was open. I was like, shit, they're really going for this. They don't, he doesn't care. And he goes, um, I'm American, you know, just from another area. <laughs> yeah. And I just, it, it brought home. I mean, I think just to put that was perfect. Just so he's stuck in the eighties. I just thought he was just switched off from the world, which is pretty much the same thing, I suppose, but a different way of saying it. He's just so, so what? Oh my God, what's the word? When you're just in your own, in your own, you know, cocoon type thing. He was one, ah, it was very, very real. But then the opposite side, a man with a family, with kids, with, you know, a a massive, massive business. And if you notice, everything's about the kick. Every, all the taglines are about the kick. And so that even haunts Johnny. When he sees yeah. anything, if it's a radio ad, he sees him on the TV, he sees the billboards. Everything is about we kick the competition in the face or something. You know what I mean? And that's just, imagine that, Jess, like the whole of your life. You don't move city, you stay in the same place. And all you get to see or hear is that. Yeah, and there's, there's kind of, you know, the good and the bad sides to it, isn't there? So it was amazing for Daniel because he used it to propel his life forward in this positive oh, way. Oh, absolutely. Whereas Johnny felt derailed by the whole thing and and kind of blames that kick as a specific trigger moment for him. So it's almost kind of like, I mean, as the series goes goes on, I won't go too far ahead, but it's almost like a form of like PTSD for both of them in a way. Like, like Daniel really feels triggered by Cobra Kai. Once it kind of comes back, he feels super triggered and, and mm-hmm. we'll get into the other characters and stuff. Whereas Johnny is triggered through various other means, you know, about the way that he was treated and, and exactly what you were saying before gags about bullies. Like in general, I think if someone has been bullied, like this is what psychologists say, they say that they either become a bully 
or they become like a guardian and want to shelter other people from bullying, basically. And so the interesting thing is Johnny and Daniel were both bullied because, mm-hmm. you know, we saw Daniel get bullied, but we didn't see Johnny get bullied. And it, and that's what's brought about in this series. It kind of rounds out the character in this, in this amazing way that we do feel sympathy for him. So before we move on to talk about other characters and stuff, what do you think about this theory then, um, uh, Jessel, that Nina just did put forward that her childhood was a lie and that, you know, Danny really was the protagonist of all of it. Really well, no, pushing... but, no, I, no, what I'm saying is they were both as bad as each other. I think this, right. the, 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 the series really does put that forward. And also, if you kind of look back, when he, he only caught Johnny's eye when he tried defending Ali, when it had like nothing to do with him, and he always threw the first punch and everything. But when he'd go home and relay the story back to say Mr. Miyagi or his mum, he always played the victim. Yeah, and he was all he, he put the water on his head in the in the thingy months and months later, with when they didn't even talk to him or touch him, mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> they they end up trying to beat him up, which um it kind of is going to happen, dude. <laughs> If you did you guys ever watch How I Met Your Mother? No, no. Okay, so the the really kind. Let me sort of. I'll be really brief with this. No, no, take your time. Go for it. So, a couple of the writers on Cobra Kai actually worked on Harold and Kumar. Now, Harold and Kumar, they brought back Neil Patrick Harris's career from from the dead, right? Because he was. He was Doogie Howser, MD, and then he kind of completely went off the map, and they brought him back. And interestingly, Neil Patrick Harris. He was the breakout character of How I Met Your Mother. So he was Bar- Barney Stinson. And he brought back William Zabka as a, as the real actor, you know, Will, William Zabka. And it all stems from, I think he was like in a Halloween costume or something like that. And he came as Johnny Lawrence. And everyone's like, why have you come as Johnny Lawrence? And he's like, well, he was the karate kid. Ralph Macchio was just some weedy kid who learned karate like two weeks before and like magically transformed. And it was annoying and kept antagonizing everyone. And blah, blah, exactly what you guys are saying. That was what was said in How I Met Your Mother. And that's what got William Zabka really back on the map. Like he he did he did direct and he got oscar nominations and stuff like that but in terms of as an actor and into pop culture references it came in how i met your mother and then he actually came in the last couple of series of it so that's that's what's kind of like quite overtly referenced in cobra kai and and i love that they do that you know they they play them off each other and you don't know where your sympathies lie because then you you start to look back at it you think yeah, maybe maybe Daniel was a bit of a dick sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, like maybe he lacked direction and he was moving from, I don't know, New Jersey to LA or something and it must have been difficult and he looked like 12 or whatever and hadn't gone through puberty yet, et cetera, et cetera. And so... <laughs> and so yeah, because yeah, he's taller you, than you know, him but, now. He's taller than him in this and he was I way know. shorter than him in that. <laughs> he he kind of reminds me of Ole Gunnar Sorch guy. He's got this baby face that just never ages, right? Like yeah. he still looks like, like 24 or something. It's just yeah. crazy. Um, whereas Johnny Lawrence is, is, you know, he's the archetypal 80s villain you know he's blonde and he's like a twat and this and that and there's no character development to him at all he's just you just know he's evil and that's it and and you know it's just hilarious but the way that this this takes it and runs with it and toys with our emotions and i love that Mm -hmm. yeah and they did it in the show so obviously nina's already pointed out that danny to his kids is really exaggerated but then at the point where he's telling miguel the story who's his protege and i'm sure everyone listening to this has watched it so we're going to talk about it as if you've watched it um he does very, very much exaggerate, you know, that, you know, I didn't do nothing and I was so blameless in everything and, you know, child batterer Miyagi and, oh my God, just, 
So hilarious. Like, honestly, I just, <laughs> oh, that was, that wasn't him. That was, um, what's his name, wasn't it? That was the, uh, YouTube video we watched, wasn't it, Nen? Yes. He said child batterer, but he does point, uh, paint Miyagi as like this villain as well. Um, to, to Miguel. Oh my God. It's so, so like, you're just thinking you've got a point in some of these things, but you are kind of like twisting a lot as well. But I just thought what I thought about it was very, very clever in how they did it. And I think they've taken, definitely taken inspiration from, like you said, um, just from how you met your mother. I don't know whether that was before this YouTube video we watched, which is 2015. Oh, well so, before, yeah. Oh, so this, that's this fine. Was, this would have been like seven or eight years before that. Basically. Oh, okay. So basically, I reckon the whole brainchild of doing the show was with this little angle to show, yeah. you know, to show that, you know, um, Johnny has this angle in his own life that. But do you want to know something, though? The only reason why they had the opening to do this, I mean, I know there's, like, theories, and obviously that was a theory on how I met your mother, but I I am that sad person because I heard two sides of the story. I went back to watch The Karate Kid. Did anyone anyone else do that after the series? No. Uh... Jessel, did you do I went back to watch it because I was like, okay, he's saying it in a very, very, he's telling the story in a very, very different way. I remember what I watched, and it's very similar to what Danny was saying. So, and I feel sorry for this guy. He's had a rough upbringing and we know a little, a lot more about the guy now. I'm going to go back and watch the film. And do you want to know something? Um, that film, because it is, there's little things about it that it does, it gives the show validation. Does that make sense? It's not like, oh my God, you watched the film and that didn't happen or you didn't see that because I went back to watch the film and you know when, um, the sensei goes, eliminate him. And Johnny just looks at his sensei like, you can't be fucking sick. You know, like the, the look of horror on his face, like, I can't do that. And when he actually loses to him and he actually takes the trophy off the um, umpire and hands it over to Danny and says, congratulations and things. You know, you pick up on things and there, there was definitely a loophole to suggest that Johnny wasn't the bad kid. But, you know, when you go back and watch it, you'll notice things. Yeah, because he even says, doesn't he, at the start? I'm a senior. I'm a senior now that this is it. I'm going to be a good guy throughout the yeah. whole of this year. And the breakup is what triggers him. And it's the same thing as Miguel. The breakup is what triggers him, but we'll get to him in a minute. But yeah. so very, very clever play on the, on, I mean, it's lucky, isn't it? That that's how it plays out in the film and that those bits that you can pick up on. And they, they never knew they were going to go and make a continuation of a TV I show. know that's, have they had this planned for 30 years but the writing is brilliant isn't it that's the key isn't it Jessel the writing of this one is just brilliant the writing is brilliant and and the idea is I I think I read like an interview with the writers and they just said look we don't want to do this unless it really works and unless there's unless we can make it great basically and and it's so good because you know as you guys were saying like you could have just done this for the sake of it and and you know it would have got an audience because everyone's curious and stuff but here it actually sticks you know if if we're just binge watching it and loving it and talking about it so much and it's really connected like I'm sure gags will go into the numbers and and they they count really highly um and in terms of the actual story the karate kid bonded with so many of us as children because i think originally what they said is basically they they just said 
they just looked at Rocky. They were like, we just want like another version of Rocky except for karate. Can you do it? They're like, yep, let's do it. And, and that's basically what they did. But they still made it a good film that people could connect with. And you're right. You know, I, I haven't gone back and watched it. But if you do, there probably are little things here and there. There are little things in anything. You know, in Top Gun, Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer is the kind of like, you know, the, the competition to Tom Cruise. Mm. In Rocky IV, Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago is getting like, you know, pumped full of steroids and he's under control by the Russian government. You know, you feel a bit sorry for him. And, and um, you know, what, if you kind of look into it deeply enough, and here it's the same thing with Johnny Lawrence. You know, he is being controlled by, by adults, really. He's a kid and he's being controlled by adults and being taught violence and being, you know, told off for not being violent enough. And, and that isn't really a great environment to be in, you know. No, it's not. No, it's not. And you just talked about numbers. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a hundred percent. Uh, mm. it had, yeah, uh, IMDb 8.9 out of 10. It's hard to get an 8.9 out of 10 on IMDb, dudes. I'm telling Facebook. I don't know why that's here. Five out of five. Who cares about Facebook? But, um, <laughs> YouTube reported, and this was early on that 5.2 million watches of the free shows each, right? You know, this was only really early on. Uh, so a couple of, you know, a few months back. So imagine how many watches that must have had, you know, afterwards. Well, I mean, so, you can you can go onto YouTube and see it right now. I think it's around right now about 43 million. Wow. Wow. So, you know, I was reading an article about it. So that's that's un, unreal numbers, you know, unreal. So how many people, if you just say one 1% signed up, which is what sometimes, you know, on the internet happens, if it's just 1% signed up for that, you know, 1% to 10%, you're talking big money. Big money and this show will have a bigger budget next time round, you know, because it was a very simple show. It didn't need much of a budget, did it? Just a, really was very, very simply done, uh, and nicely done as well. And they, they really went to all the old places as well that were in the, um, in the, in the movie. They showed that, you know, that place with the swimming pool and all that. I yeah. thought it was really well done to really pick it up. But, but let's move on because we can get back to the, the two main guys because obviously they are, the full link through the whole story. But what happens next is, is, is the other guy who's one of the main characters is Miguel, who you see first in, and he is pretty much what I saw as Danny. I really. Exactly yeah. that. At the start, he was Danny all over. He started off as Danny, the, you know, Danny LaRusso. And, uh, I just thought, oh my God, he, he reminds me of him. He's like, you know, this nerdy little skinny kid who's just moved. And, you know, he's trying to fit in and these kids are just bullying him for fuck all reason. And th- to be fair, those kids that were bullying him were absolute shitheads. And, you know, and it was so funny because in an instance where, you know, like, Johnny morphed into fucking Miyagi and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> It's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, it's, but, it's, but what's interesting about that is that he doesn't really care about Miguel. He only just can't. Exactly. When they said, oh, that's what triggers him. He's like, that yeah. car is his baby. It's absolutely. And he actually said, leave the fucking nerd alone. Like, it's not about like stop bullying. It was like leave and you know back off the nerd. But his car, his car was definitely the trigger point. But it made me laugh the fact that he actually he got battered as a kid, and then he's like dishing out the battering. I just found it hilarious. You're absolutely spot on, Dad. He proper reminded me of Danny. Everything about him, the humble upbringing everything about him just this nice sweet adorable kid and a lovely family yeah 
Either with a lovely family, lovely caring family, you, you know, he's endearing and you kind of think, shit, do I want this guy to train Danny, you know, to train Miguel? And then it's so funny because um, Jessel will go into it, but it's a complete um, full circle because by the end of it, he's a Johnny type because Johnny sort of, um, you know, got into his head and, you know, the way he sort of trained him in karate and stuff as well, you know, it's um, it's it's good to see a character do that kind of turn, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it wasn't. That's where I said there's so much similarity. He created a monster at the end when, when you know the the final tournament was happening, and Johnny says to him, um, you know, you know, stay classy, basically. Um, I can't remember the exact words, but keep it classy, you know, when when you're fighting. And he's like, no, we just win. And the way Johnny just looked at and him, like, goes, no mercy, monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, there was Nin similarities from the end of the film with that as well. Whereas Johnny was saying to his sensei, "What you want me to go and knock him out, like hurt him from it with the injury?" And this time, it's his blooming student that's saying, "No, I'm going to go hurt him. You taught me that." So loads of like links and flashbacks for him, but they didn't do it. But they could have, and that would have been really interesting as well because he's in the same position, but reversed but he's trying to do the same thing himself so what it's showing and again what you said that johnny was always a a nice kind of guy or at least deep inside of him was a nice guy he didn't want to hurt danny the first time round. didn't want the the opposition to get hurt this time round, or his son to get hurt this time round. and it was so good to see and he said no mercy and just went for him and i actually thought miguel was going to lose jessel and i was gutted like i was like i know he's turning into a bit of a twat i don't want him to lose <laughs> yeah and it's harsh because obviously we haven't talked about the character that he was facing and i'm sure we'll get into we're, that we're next that yeah um but in terms of like the the arc for cobra kai is that well i mean the series is called cobra kai so you kind of want them to win in a way but yeah. then you kind of want the other guy to win for other reasons but really i think it's going to be fascinating going forward because you know it's almost like you, you took these geeky kids who were getting bullied and this and that, and then they joined Cobra Kai, and and not all of them made it, but the ones that did, it gave them this sense of purpose, and it gave them so much positive stuff that they kind of become the cool kids. You know, you look at that barbecue scene, and and really they're the ones who kind of overtake the beach and they kick out the cool kids. Yeah, and, and, and they're pulling, they, they're on the pool, <laughs> and they're on the pool, and they're making fun of the bullies, the mean girls, and all this kind of stuff, and and you know Miguel beats up that that twat guy, and um. And it, so it's fascinating there, but then they take it and run with it. And it's kind of like, are they going too far? How far will Cobra Kai go in the next series? Um, so, so it's interesting that they did win in the end, but for Johnny, it's kind of d a defeat either way, isn't it? It really? was, it was double and it's because he's his son and we're going to get to that next. But uh, whilst you're talking about Cobra Can Kai. Can I just make a complete, a uh, little, little side note? Miguel completely changed and had a glow up after he beat the shit out of them bullies. Did anyone else notice that? He yeah. looked different. Yeah. He looked different. He was on YouTube. He became a YouTube star, and then he started maybe doing YouTube like makeup tutorials and and like dressing better, and you know I, I don't know like everything kind of changed. YouTube's amazing. I mean, obviously it's on you know your Cobra Kai is on YouTube. They they're gonna kind of big it up, really, aren't they? <laughs> I think um I think um basically that let's talk about Cobra Kai, the actual uh, and the students that were there whilst we just were there, and we'll get to um what was his name Robbie in a minute. So um. Like you said, obviously the first one was Miguel, Jessel, and then the, then the girl comes in. And then all of a sudden, after that amazing scene, 
um, in the cafeteria. Is it in the canteen? Yeah, in the canteen, where Miguel just takes on everybody and beats them all up and gets videoed. He's got a whole, now he's got a whole school. He's, he's finding it difficult because obviously his rent's gone up because of Danny, very petty again, shows another side of Danny where you kind of think he's the evil one, you know, and all this. So basically, I just thought some of the students were hilarious, mate. Honestly, like Hawk was fucking lip. He called him lip first. <laughs> and then he turns into the Hawk and gets a flipping tattoo on his back. I thought, honestly, some of those bits, I thought they were great. I really, I thought, it, I thought it was brilliant. I didn't see the Hawk thing coming at all. No. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because he's just continually picking on him and being really mean and cruel about that. But, but actually what happens is you've got these three students who are kind of like the tent poles of Cobra Kai. You've got Miguel, you've got Aisha and you've got Hawk. And, um, and the transformation is just amazing. And, and each one of them kind of goes on their own journey. I'm sure that will push forward in, in the seasons coming. Aisha is fascinating because. You know, she's she's bullied. She used to be best friends with Samantha, who has rejected her. And also Aisha comes from money like her. I think her dad was like an NFL star or something Mm -hmm. like that. Right. Yeah, great. So so for her, this is kind of fascinating going forward and how she kind of reverses on her bullies and everything like that. And and then for Hawk, that's like the most overt one, you know, because he's he's clearly barely talks. He's being picked on by Johnny. And then he just thinks, you know what, fuck this. And he goes out and he just does the most extreme thing to take all the attention away from his lip. You know, he gets a mohawk, he gets a tattoo, he does this, and he starts pulling within two episodes or whatever, right? There. <laughs> and, and, and so it's, it's fascinating because actually Johnny's like stuck in the 80s tough love actually works with, it only works with a small percentage of them because half of them are probably just still shriveled up crying in a corner somewhere. But the ones that it gets through to, it really gets through to, and they're the ones who form the essence of Cobra Kai. Absolutely, you're spot on with that. And then I thought the little kid was funny as well. You're the only... <laughs> yeah, the little kid was adorable. <laughs> you know when he when he had that little fight as well. I was he like, lost oh, it God. Away. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I so loved good. about his his Cobra Kai school, which was the complete opposite of what he went to. Yeah. Where he, when he went, they were like these mean, both like you know, really self assured, confident people, and you know. And that's what their sensei was, you know, like, obviously, I think he was an army general or something, just going back from the pictures on the wall and stuff. And then you've got Johnny, who's taken over from, you know, on the Cobra Kai. And, you know, he's a bit beat up. He's been bullied his whole life. Life hasn't been fine, you know, fed him. He's had a bit of a, you know, he's had a rough time of life. Everything hasn't gone his way. And then the kids that walk through the door are like pretty much, um, you know, the rejects of society, been bullied. And it, he's looking at him thinking, I can't fucking train this. So, like, it's almost like beneath me to train them. And then all of a sudden, he feels a sense of responsibility, like, to kind of nurture them and look after them. And he is a little harsh, like, you know, when he's calling them virgins and big tits and, you know, like, these horrible insults. But he's saying to them, they're not going to be fair outside. So he's actually giving them very valuable. It's tough love. It's not nice, but it's tough love. Absolutely. I did think that. And I thought Johnny, then the big scene of him, you know, giving that speech to the committee to get back in was really good. And it showed the way he said, they're doing something for me. I'm doing something for them in that I'm giving them self-defense. You know, then they're now more confident than they were before. I'm actually providing a service to them, but you don't realize what they're doing for me. And I thought it resonated really well. And obviously he won the vote, but 
I mean, I honestly, it was, it, it was actually quite touching at times. Well, very nicely done. I thought you were very, very much rooting for Johnny. I thought the whole way through, even mm. though through his urban out on the other side, his opponent, uh, Nin, me and you kind of agree on this when we chat offline. Off, off Robbie, obviously the kid of, uh, this is where it gets very convoluted, very interesting because mm-hmm. Robbie is Johnny's kid. Uh, he's had nothing to do with him all his life. His mm. mom's really not very nice at all. And now Johnny's starting to get involved because he's getting call- calls from the school and he's worried about him. And this kid's just horrible to him, which you don't blame, obviously, because he's not yeah. anything to do with him. Mm-hmm. But you do get, a, you do, you don't really like Robbie, do you? No, as a, as a, what, as a, as a viewer, I didn't really like Robbie, you know, when he got into the show. I was like, nah, you're, you're, you're an ass. You're an asshole, you, mate. Yeah. And you know what, though? It's, um, that's, um, a result of his upbringing. Exactly the same uh, as his dad. You, you, yeah. yeah, exactly. And you know what I found so alarming with all that? Johnny was obviously mistreated by his stepfather and a lot of positive male figures in in his life. And I would have thought, like, maybe he would have been a better dad, given the fact that, you know, he was so messed up, or at least try. And this kid was just exactly like him, but without the money, because at least Johnny had the money to fall back on his whole life. And it was actually really sad to see, you know, the fact that he was, result, you know, resorting to petty crime with his friends. The kid had no identity. Um, He was pretty much raised on the streets. His mum was all about, you know, just getting drunk and just meeting, ran- hooking up with random men. That kid had no direction and no stability. And he was probably no older than 16. And yeah, you know, he was a little arsehole, but which 16 year old isn't an arsehole? And if a 16 year old isn't being nurtured and looked after properly, he is going to be an arsehole. He or she will be an arsehole. And I actually think, and this is where Danny's character comes in now. I actually think Danny's character, um, uh, Danny's character is amazing for um uh, robbie yeah. is it robbie yeah, 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 yeah robbie but the only reason why them two came into thingy was because he saw his dad hugging miguel and you know daddy issues all over again because i think he was at that point ready to move in with his dad yeah yeah just so and it was what a bit it? of a revenge move it was it was all about that's what he said plenty of times in the show it's revenge on my dad that i'm working mm-hmm. with him and one thing led to another and obviously danny at this point is begging everyone to do some karate with him his daughter Every single person, he's begging everyone. They're all like, nah, I'm on a dating app, some Kashmiri stuff or whatever. They're all doing some comedy <laughs> stuff here going on. And, and everyone's rejecting him. His wife's like, last time me and you hooked up for karate, that fat shit was born. You know, the kid, the other kid. <laughs> on a completely different side note, his fat kid was adorable. I loved him. Yeah. Oh, no, are you kidding me? I don't yeah. like him. That kid used to swing Cobra Kai and like get whipped into shape. Using the Amazon Echo to order God knows what and oh, this. Oh, that was that. terrible. Like, I didn't if like that it. was in my household, oh, Jesus, I would have got beats for that. Like, Mate, for sure. The way he was talking to uh, Johnny as well. You're lucky. Just go find it yourself. I just got the attitude on this kid. Oh my god, he's so such a honestly such a little asshole. He didn't listen to his dad at all about drinks and doing some karate. Nothing, you know. Create like he said. He ordered another PSV. It's like 
this has got this too much money, you know, and and how has he got access to Amazon? Like, come on, man, what's going on here? Do these kids like? If, I mean, don't forget, Daniel Larusso has done well, so you can kind of class them as quite a rich family, oh, you know, rich. or well to do at least. And and frequently the kids get spoiled, and it's interesting because as you were t- saying before, Danny was so desperate to kind of use karate as an outlet to teach someone and to kind of reconnect, almost like in spirit to Mr. Miyagi. And he was trying, you know, he probably tried with the fat kid, didn't work. He, he, but he did do it with Samantha and, and she kind of, you know, for like eight years or something like that. And she was really amazing, clearly, mm. but she gave up for whatever reason. I'm sure we'll get into that into the future in, in future series. Mm. But he finds, um, he finds <laughs> this kid's name is Robbie Keane. I'm sorry, but as a Liverpool fan. I know. <laughs> <laughs> how could you call this kid robbie Keane? have you never watched football before anyway so so the, robbie Keane comes along you know and uh every time you say it <laughs> keep, keep keep imagining the the, the gun when he does it <laughs> it's true he kind of does the forward roll of the <laughs> oh that's my favorite club and it's like and then so basically you know he finds robbie and channels all his energy into him and it could go wrong at any point because Robbie's narrative arc is very interesting. You know, it kind of ends up almost being a polar opposite to Miguel. But actually, you kind of forget, like Nina was saying at the beginning, he was he was a dick. Like he was pay- taking people's laptops and ripping them for a thousand bucks and this mm. and that and all that kind of stuff. And and he fell in with the wrong crowd um, because he didn't have that right direction. Mm. So so it's just fascinating going forward. And and then chuck in the third character, Samantha, like the third teenager, and and into that mix. And and how do you think that was all handled? Go on, then you go for it. It was almost like a deja vu of the whole um, Danny, Ali and Johnny Triangle, but with a bit of a fucking mix because in this, I'll be honest with you, you know what made this? I think if you didn't have so much of an insight into Miguel or you didn't start rooting for, if Miguel didn't start off as the nice kid to begin with, I think we'd all be rooting for Robbie, if I'm honest, because here's a kid who's trying to turn his life around. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things I thought about is because this wasn't like a week by week, you know, Game of Thrones kind of thing, right? Uh, it, I think if it was week by week, we would have time to think about it and think, ah, oh, maybe this kid isn't all that he seems to be, blah, blah, blah. But because you kind of watch it in one go, right, then it kind of, it's almost like watching a film, like a really long film. So, so you don't really think about it. So I never kind of guessed that that Miguel would end up being like, you know, going the way that he did and stuff like that, even if it is foreshadowed at times. But because I kept watching it and watching it, you know, just one after the other, except as Nina said for pee breaks, then then like, you know, I just didn't really, my brain didn't have time to think about it. So the Mm. way that they they structured it was very fascinating. I I think as well, I think your bias as, as a viewer was based on who they represent in a sense that, you know, when they had their final little karate, um, match we all wanted miguel because we wanted johnny for the win yeah, us too I don't, I don't know about jessel but we wanted we wanted miguel to win just because i wanted johnny to be successful in something you know as something even though it's his kid that's getting the beating <laughs> you know what i mean and, and i think if his kid had won he probably would have been very proud on the side as well but then he'd have to watch danny win again yeah which would have broke him again and so that's where my mind was, and I thought, well, and do you want to know 
know another thing as well this is how petty danny is danny like he like that was the 50th anniversary for that whole karate championship thing right and he had to be there with his family i found it so alarming that as soon as he heard of cobra kai that's when he decided he wants to get back into karate again despite having all this money not letting johnny have his little limelight having his little moment he is a petty little twat Oh, but I think shit. there's a couple. But I think there's a couple of reasons for that, Nina, which are, which are kind of addressed. I mean, first of all, I think you're right. His wife is like, oh, for God's sake, why are you getting involved in all she's this? She's the this best literally... in the show. Yeah, yeah. she. Is. The she's the adult. Yeah, yeah, she's the adult exactly. Especially when they're which about to fight outside, and she goes, "I don't want blood on my patio. Come and have breakfast." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. The... The, the women generally are the adults in the show, like except except like the the sort of mean girls in high school. Generally, is lovely as well. Yeah, she's the adult out of mm. out of those those kind of ones, and so it, it's quite fascinating. But in terms of the reason why um why Danny he is really triggered by this Cobra Kai thing, um in that kind of very sort of post traumatic stress disordery way, like he kind of does go irrationally. He really fixates on things, and his wife is trying to tell him, "Look, stop fixating on this. This is y- generations ago. Just relax now." Yeah, but, but he but did win, though, reason, dude. He did win, though, dude. He did. He uh, did he, shut down. He, he did he, win. You know, he, he did win. But they did inflict pain. Like people forget the third True. film. It's not. It's not about Johnny per se. It's about Cobra Kai. Like in the third film, they were beating him up and laughing about it. You know, these yeah. were grown men and like soldiers in Vietnam, and they, they mm. were. You know, they they were really inflicting pain on him and they used this Mike Barnes character as a conduit for their own mm. kind of insanity. And yeah. that's what's really scared. And also the the other thing is is you know that that dickhead Kyler or whatever his name is that Samantha was oh. dating. Oh yeah. Big- so so he the whole reason that Miguel started on him was because he was like in the locker rooms or toilet or whatever talking about Samantha, saying, you know, something really crude about yes. her sexually all this kind of stuff. So Miguel actually was really standing up for her in in a in a very admirable way. It's <laughs> slightly misguided. Ended up getting his ass kicked, and then ends up kissing, kicking this guy's ass, uh, ass whatever. And um and Danny just hears Kyla's side of it and thinks, oh my god, this guy's getting trained at Cobra Kai and they beat him up. Oh no! And he has flashbacks to that as well. And mm, that's yeah, awesome. that's a good point. It all goes. It, he kind of you know he does he does these really questionable things. Like you say, he's trying to raise the rent. He tries to get them banned from the tournament. His cousin does what the fuck? I mean, Jesus Christ! Like he, Louis, he my to- cousin Louis. <laughs> 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 yeah exactly you know he sets fire to to johnny's car and all this oh kind of stuff terrible uh, i mean you know that everyone's kind of like in the wrong and and there's a lot of miscommunication which leads to all these crazy moments yeah it was very nice to see them almost getting on when they both talked about their dads you know and mm-hmm. having a few beers and having a few drinks and it was really nice to see that they might just become mates here and then obviously they even made a reference to Rocky Three movies. Are we going to have a moment like Rocky Three or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was <laughs> yeah, really like good. That. It was really good, and you thought this is this is going somewhere different. They're actually bonding, and then obviously when he sees his kid, he throws him against the, the all of his trophies and everything, and walks out. And the kid steps in the way and says, "Come on, bring it." So, you know that was that was very very hard hitting moment again in the show where you think shit just when they're getting together, you knew this was coming, you knew he was going to find out, and then the way he, way he does at his house, and then obviously Danny reacts opposite as well, that is this, are you, are, is this a con? Are you, you know, what is this, a big joke? What the fuck? So he kicks him out as well. So, it was, I thought it was brilliantly done. Very good. Very, really good, like, build up to it. Um, but obviously, uh, 
the key in the end is all Samantha uh, Nin because between the boys, this is where the problem now lies, isn't it? Robbie likes her loads, ends up faking an injury to get a lift when she's grounded. And obviously that's where the problems start with Miguel because Mm. he can't, you know, he's, he's texting her like mental and she's, she's not replying. And then he gets bloody drunk, doesn't he? And that's, that's really spells a lot of trouble (laughs) for, for him. But what we don't, what people don't realize is that Samantha, like her best friend, her ex best friend who got bullied and went karate, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. She's She's been victimized a lot because while she was with the cool girls, it was all good. As soon as this boy starts spreading disgusting rumors about her, she's getting tormented on social media. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it was a very good way of showing reality. As in, like, this happens, you know, and it was hard hitting that in schools, you know, you get, you get this type of shit go on and you have to be strong to be able to get through it. Luckily, she, she could fall back on her karate because in the cinema, it was brilliant when she, uses self-defense on him. Yeah. And she just humiliates him in there. I mean, it wasn't much, but whatever she did, she did do. I thought that was a brilliant scene. I really did. And I want, I want my daughters to be, to be like that. I think it's, I think it's interesting as well, because like the, the generational aspects of the, of the audience for us, like we kind of grew up watching the original karate kids, but, but the kind of the younger teenagers, millennials, whatever. I wonder what they make of this. You know, I've heard that the feedback is good, but I haven't really spoken to anyone and, and seen what they've seen. What, what do you think the reaction would be from them? Because it, it, ha- it kind of has those aspects of, of more modern programs to them. Like you were saying, the social media bullying and this and that. Do you think there's quite a lot for them to identify with like the next generation? Absolutely. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. I think they, they've, they've nailed it. I thought to make, to make this into a bit of a college school type show, as well as the, having the two main characters do their adult things, but then have the, the mm-hmm. high school stuff play off. And then I thought 
they, they nailed it, you know, this type of I, stuff. I think, I think they absolutely nailed it. I love the fact that it had that throwback element and the vintage element of, like, you know, some of the scenes were quite similar. Like, we, we mentioned the date and, you know, things like that. The fact that Miguel rode a bike as well and he didn't have a car. You know, things things like that, which were very, very similar to what happened in The Karate Kid. But I think what they did was they actually really did touch base with modern-day high school um, life and how kids are and how things have changed and how things have evolved. So I think if there was, like, an 18-year-old or a 17-year-old kid right now watching that, they'd enjoy it just yeah. as much and would actually enjoy the throwback elements because the chances are every child at some point, like, has watched Karate Kid Snap. In my opinion, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's got anything to do with you being an 80s kid or you being a 90s kid or you being a millennial. I just think Karate Kid is a staple in your childhood. Well, my kids watched Karate Kid. It's one of the films that I wanted them to watch. So they loved it. And when they watched Cobra Kai, obviously I had to forward some little parts of this show for them when because I'd watched it first. They absolutely loved it. They thought, especially the little ones, she thought Cobra Kai was magnificent because she could relate to the, the children's parts. She thought they was, even though she loved the karate stuff, because obviously Daniel, Danny and all that, she loved it because it, it was nostalgic and everything. And they've grown up and it's really fa- fascinating to see because they only watched this movie at the start of the year in 2018. And then for them to be so much older and in, a, in, a, in a show, they were like, this is really cool. Really, really cool. But then because they see Instagram and Snapchat and all these things, it does resonate with them. The, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the younger, that's what it is. The generation's all about emails and all this stuff. I mean, there's one point where, where he's writing a letter to his kid, not an email. He's actually writing a letter to his kid. I love Johnny that. Is, wasn't he? Yeah. That's when they, that's when they bust his car up because he wants to reconnect with him. So like, it just shows you the difference in generation gap. One guy. And can I just say something as well? I didn't even feel like a grandma watching the high school kids. No. No. You know, like, even us as adults could appreciate the high school segment, which yeah. is quite hard because sometimes you feel a bit silly watching shit like that when you get to a certain age. Yeah. I thought, and also, I thought they weren't as, the kids were mentally stronger in this, I thought, just that it wasn't a 13 reasons why type thing, where, you know, they showed the depth of someone getting depressed, how much they're getting bullied, and obviously that went next level stuff. But in this one, the social bullying, I think the the kids reacted, they showed that they did something about it. Like they went to karate. For example, one girl, didn't she? Uh, what's her name? Alicia, you mentioned. Aisha, yeah. Aisha, sorry. She ended up going to karate and, and sorting herself out that way. And as did the others, there's only one guy wasn't there that didn't do anything. The one whose bag was thrown in the, in the, in the bin and he, and he got, he got humiliated in the karate and didn't come back. And at the end, he says, I might come now. I can't remember what Dante, Dante. I love Dante. (laughs) He was the only one that didn't really do anything and just sat there watching everyone and said, I'm all right. You're my protection now. Cause look, no one's going to mess with me because I'm your mate. So. He kind of used, he kind of used Miguel as just like a, a meal to, or not a meal to get, but as protection and said, yeah, I'll just sit here and watch. But yeah, I thought there was, um, I thought the, I thought they, they covered the college, sorry, the school aspect. I thought it was very well done. Just that I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And there was actually one other thing that we haven't spoke about, which I think is one of the most central things of the whole series, but people kind of forget about it in the first or whatever it is episode. 
um, Samantha is in the back of a car with her friends and they crash yeah. into Johnny's car and smash the shit out of it. Yeah. And what's really interesting is that Johnny, he's from that generation and the way that he's grown up, he's not a snitch. He's not a rat. He could have at any point just gone over to Danny and said, look, you know, like this is what happened, but he doesn't. And and it's really fascinating the way that that, that whole thing plays out because it, it's like, it's like a, it's like a landmine. Like if, if anyone just steps on it at a certain point, then bang, that whole kind of plot point is just going to explode. So what did you guys think about that? Yeah, it was good. Uh, and then you go with this one. I love the way he kept having pot shots at him as well. Like get your house in order, yes. get your house in order. Yes. I fucking love that. You know, you won't tell him why or how, but just get your house in order. And he kept saying it. And, you know, that scene, again, you know, we, we spoke a lot about their two rivalry and stuff. But, like, I mean, how shitty and crappy must Johnny have felt when, uh, you know, Danny was being nice, shall we say, and said, this is on the house, you know, the fix-up of, of your car. But that must have made him, again, feel really shit. But then I would have been like, well, your fucking daughter and her friends fucking jacked my car up anyway, so you will pay for it. But he still felt really uncomfortable. Yeah. But I did, yeah. I did, I did love the fact that he, he never actually snitched on her and they found out much later that she was in, in, in the car. Did he, who did he tell? Was it, I think he told, was it Danny? No, 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 he did tell him in the end. He did, but that yeah, was right at the, the end. only right at the very yeah, end. Yeah, and it she was, got grounded, didn't she, for yeah, that? It was breakpoint, wasn't it, at that point? It was, it mm. got to breakpoint where his car's been destroyed totally now. So it, twice in the space of whatever it was, a few months, you, you've banged into the car, fixed it yourself, and then destroyed it yourself again. Like, what the hell are you eating? And wouldn't that piss anybody off from your and point both, of view? Also, like Jessel said, he loved that car. And the both times it was destroyed is by a LaRusso. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but his and, and, and the first time, those kids that dented it, he beat the shit out of them. <laughs> so it's clearly like, that car is like the one central, most important thing in his life. And, and like, it keeps just getting destroyed. I feel sorry for his car, man. It's just crazy. I, well, I feel sorry for him. I think that's the whole thing. Every time you see it, so like you mentioned how important the not snitching was, it actually brings him up in your estimation, Johnny, because you're like, he could have gone there any time. He could have done it when she walked in, when he saw her, because he got scared, remember, when she walked into the dealership. And he's like, oh, God, no, 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 it's his daughter that broke my car. He was ready to walk out. He was actually walking out and said, forget it. I don't want to do yeah. anything. And he's got a code, right? Like, he's got a code. He's got that that kind of, you know, he's grown up in, in that environment. It's like, don't snitch, you know? So I, I love that that's like a central theme to him. And, and he's still like that. He's not a rat, you know? No, definitely not. And th- th- again, that's that's why I thought, you know, he was uh, he was the, the anti, the, the hero, really, for me in, in the whole show. And I thought he did really well. And I thought the connection with um, how he learned off of Miguel's mom kind of like, trying to sort his life out when he heard her speak, didn't he? And, and she said, you know, you can you can do things better. Everybody should better themselves. And immediately after that dinner, he goes and starts cleaning up, gets a new TV. He's doing well with the money because obviously his dojo's doing well. So he goes and pays his stepdad off as well, doesn't he? So all those things, it's just a turnaround and then his car gets destroyed. <laughs> and he's back at square one. Like, like you said, the triggers... He does try really hard, but he just keeps getting knocked down. And um, I can't wait to see what happens, because even at the end, when his son loses, he goes up to him and says sorry to him, you know? And lovely, the nice thing was that his son didn't tell him to F off. He actually said, I know, mm. I know. And I think 
I do think, and this is a great question now, because I think we've talked about really pretty much everything, unless there is, we'll come back to it. Where does this go from here? What's your prediction? Where do you think this story goes, Nin? No, before you go there, I've got something to say about that final scene. Go on, you know, he, he he said something to his son, like, I'm, I'm sorry you lost or whatever. And Danny DeRusso goes, well, you got what you wanted. You got your win. And then fucking, you know, <laughs> scurried off. Yeah. And then got got in the car with Robbie and said, really. yeah. And then got in the car with Robbie and had the audacity to say, you were the real winner. He didn't win with honour. Excuse me, that boy's shoulder was jacked up. That boy, Miguel, did nothing illegal to Robbie. But to hurt an an opponent, an opponent that was already injured. Okay, let's just take this back a notch. Imagine this is a football match or a soccer match, and the opposition are ten men down. Are you not going to antagonise the the free space? Are you not going to do that to win? That kid did nothing illegal. Stop making it about. Someone's on you. a yellow card. Are you not going to attack him more because they're on the yellow card? He was. You know what? He had every right to go for his shoulder. He had every right. But also, yeah. the, the other thing is, is it's kind of like it, taking the football analogy. If a player is injured, they shouldn't be on the pitch, right? So if, if Robbie Keane, Robbie Keane, <laughs> sorry, Robbie Keane, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's got> <laughs> Robbie Keane's injured and he's banged up his shoulder. He's not, he's not, he shouldn't be on the pitch anymore. He shouldn't be out there, especially if this is actual karate, not football, for God's sake. Of course, someone's going to target his shoulder or whatever the hell is injured. So, so actually, there's like a, there's a responsibility to not go out there. You know, the referee should say, uh, you've clearly got one arm left you shouldn't go out there so so it's kind of a funny one you know yeah i was worried when he did the one-handed double kick that that's it you know miguel's lost now i was worried you know that was the new you know, move. Honest with you, my favorite part in that whole karate thing was um, miguel's first opponent when yeah. he actually did the crane yeah and at the time i was like yes <laughs> <laughs> can you see how much she hates take- daddy <laughs> She just so she really hates Danny now. Really hates him. It's just it's just like post traumatic stress, Danny, or something like that, isn't it? It's just amazing. I told you, people, my childhood was a fucking lie. <laughs> the kid that I idolized, you know, the ultimate, you know, um, underdog story was a bit of a bullshit. He was a whiny little bitch who made a mountain out of him. <laughs> You don't understand how I feel, people. I've not been tweeting much because it's left me some type of way. You know what? I'm going to go on record to say that, you know, if we're talking about, you know, underdog stories, I bet Rocky Balboa is an arsehole now as well if we go to the back stories. I bet Club Lang is, you know, a beautiful, beautiful human, you know? Just, just so react to that, please. React to that. Well, I don't know about Club Lang, but we're going to see Drago in a couple of months in Creed 2. So so I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, like... Drago's probably like a mindfulness coach in Russia now or something like that. And he's got like his Japanese rock garden and we're supposed to like feel really, really sorry for him now. I can see it. I can just see the whole thing. But I guess moving forward in terms of what's going to happen in the next season of Cobra Kai, I think they've set up an awful lot here. You know, I think you could potentially see like a romantic relationship between Johnny and between Miguel's mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you've got that love triangle it's between... Cheap, by the way, them two. Yeah, I think there would be. Um, I think you got that love triangle between Miguel and Robbie Keane and Samantha. Uh, 
<laughs> I, I also think you've got a karate triangle between them because because Samantha has a lot of innate karate knowledge, like much more than those two, frankly, because yeah. they just started like three weekends ago or some shit. So for her, she kind of grew up doing it and she'll probably get better than them over the course of the next year if she decides to do it again. So I think they're setting up a lot. I can also see maybe between Miguel and Aisha, that's my kind of long shot for a romantic relationship. But what about you guys? Then you go. What do you think? Um, I think the most interesting, I mean, those, all, all that I agree with, although I don't think Miguel and I, Aisha, um, I can't see that happening. Um, I don't know why. Hmm. Um, but I will say one thing. I think the biggest clue was the last person that entered John Creese. The fact that he's like, yeah, you've got Cobra Kai back on the map and you know, like, and there he is. He's a, he appears. And I'm sorry, the man, I googled him. He's 72 years old. He looks better than Johnny Crane. That man's face is full of Botox and fillers. I was like, fuck, he's not aged a day. <laughs> What is going on? And he's like, yeah, let's take it back. I think what the interesting thing is, and I think myself and Gag spoke about this, I think there's going to be a conflict between his teaching, he's going to try having some involvement back in the Cobra Cowses. Cowses? (laughs) (laughs) I think Johnny's going to try resisting, that knowing that this man is evil. And I think he's going to try changing his practice because I think there was a bit of a... I think he had a bit of a reality check when he actually spoke to Miguel in the final and said, take it easy. And the kid turned around and went, no mercy. I think it, I think he's learned, and you could tell that he's created monsters. I think them two are going to go to conflict. And myself and Gag spoke about this. It, it might mean, uh, Gags, we had a little theory. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, when we talked about it before, I think there might be some switcheroonies going around here. You know, transfers, we, yeah, transfers Robbie Keane, Robbie Keane going with his dad again <laughs> at some point. Miguel maybe going over to, well, actually, Miguel, Miguel maybe not. I don't think he'll go with Daniel at all. I think he'll be, he'll be definitely with Cobra Kai the way it's gone. Obviously watched it again, but I think there could be something where, uh, um, Johnny, Johnny moves maybe to go and join Robbie and Danny. I, I don't know because he hates his sensei so much or. They all get together to try and take Cobra Kai back because obviously they start believing in the way Johnny wants it. But I have, obviously, Crease is going to become the main villain. We all know that now, I think. That's mm-hmm. clear. And what happens with the I'm other good. I want to hate a villain. Does that make exactly. sense? This is what I'm conflicted in this one. Do you know what? I'm not so sure. I'm Ooh. not so sure he's going to be a pure villain. Um, from, from what I've heard on the grapevine, I think Go he's going to be a mixed, he's going to be a bit of a mixed bag. Like, like how they've handled everyone in this series. Everyone has good and bad in them, don't they? You know, you, you have people on narrative arcs, but, but they all have like kind of good and bad to them. Everyone. I, I know like Nina thinks Daniel has excessive bad to him to the core but, but no like, well, I think he made you know what he milked a, he milked it as a kid he was a whiny little bitch <laughs> that's all I'm saying but, but he does help Robbie Keane you know he gives Robbie Keane a good purpose in life when his selfish. own father selfish and I don't think would he have done it if his own son was a bit more accommodating to his needs his own son is like a little shit you know, that's what she's like, saying if he was accommodating he would have done it for his son but it wouldn't have done it for Robbie Keane 
Look, everyone does things for selfish reasons, don't they? I mean, Johnny is doing it. Like he told the board, he, he's he's getting as much from the kids as they're getting from him. And Daniel LaRusso, you know, like I think his his dojo is basically like a glorified shed, right? And then, he, and then he, once he starts getting into it, he clears it out and he gets something from it. He's been wanting to get back into it for a long time. It's okay to do things for, for your own reasons, you know? Well, I, know I know he can be a bit whiny and stuff like that. But bringing it back to Crease... If they're going to handle anyone like that, like a major character, he's going to have good and bad with him. If you remember... Well, to like him as well. Come on, people. But but listen, it, in, if, if you remember, like, Terry Silver, his, his mate, like, so the, those those are the two baddies in Karate Kid 3. But but was it Kreese saved Silver or Silver saved Kreese? I don't know. One of, like, in Vietnam, they're like, you know, I was going to die and this dude saved me. So, you know, you've got the Vietnam, like, the proper PTSD. I mean, you don't get much more than that, right? So you're going to have that. You're going to have the angle where where someone has saved someone they started this whole thing in the first place and maybe they might have mellowed with age as well crease might have done you just don't know i think i think there will be kind of they will play with our emotions like they did on this series surely that's actually a good shout to be fair yeah i, I liked i liked my you know point blank version of him just being <laughs> me too it's quite simple just being, I, i've now got painted johnny's you know thoughts of him painted in my mind do you know what I mean? That's it. That's the paint that I've got in terms of what Johnny went through. So I see him as a villain. And also the the way they both spoke about him, like, you know, he was a bit of a dick, wasn't he? He strangled you and all that. We, I mean, we'll now get his side of the story, like you said, when he turns up. But for now, it looks like to me that he might be the one that they go against. I mean, I'd love to see something where, where he hooks up with his son again and they go together and then they win it again next year against maybe, you know, Miguel but he's with his dad and Johnny wins well, again. Cause I want maybe Johnny Priest to kind of takes over Cobra Kai and kicks out Johnny Lawrence. And then you're oh, right. Yeah. John, Johnny kind of joins forces in a, in a striking duo with Robbie Keane. And then they kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> they counterattack the Cobra Kai, you know? So you just don't know. Like there could be, there's so many different ways they've set it up really brilliantly for really the next well. series. And obviously, I love, remember I she's wait. in it. She's in it now as well. Samantha's going to be in, you know, what's his name's dojo Miyagi. Don't, yeah, just, exactly. So, so that and Aisha, that's defo, that's defo going down next year, you know? That's defo going, that's one fight that is happening. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of those mean girls, the one that got wedgied, ends up coming to Daniel's, uh, dojo, you know, next time. <laughs> no, I, I just think they're just fillers. I don't, I don't, Never yeah, I don't know. consider them as relevant. I think they are just too preppy and too pretty to do anything that like that. That was a that. terrible wedgie though. That was one. Oh God, yeah, she's not having children. That's her uterus gone. Sorry, I'm only messy. <laughs> but okay, guys, was there anything else you needed? Do you think that we need to cover with the with the show? Uh, Jessel, you first. I mean, no, nothing specific. I just think I just think that they did such a great job of it. The only shame for me hmm. is um, is that it's on YouTube Premium. I, I know the first two episodes are on YouTube mm-hmm. themselves, but in terms of as a streaming service, you know, it's not comparable to Netflix or Amazon Prime or or any of the other major ones. And it's just a bit of a shame to me because I love this so much. I want as many people to see this. I think this could have become such a water cooler moment if it was on Netflix. Or, but interestingly, apparently Netflix passed on it. Like there was a bit of a bidding war, but not much. And Netflix actually passed on it, and and they must be kicking themselves because it's become so it's become huge. Like Gags was saying before. So, um, I mean, I don't know what you guys think of that. Do you think it's a bit of a shame it's on YouTube? 
I think people yeah, find ways. Yeah, it doesn't ways, make it accessible. But I think people find ways to watch it. Oh, okay. Yeah, always, always find ways to watch it. And that's that's just the internet for you. And I think, like you said, it's got even more popular. You know when those things aren't accessible, people go crazy. So I still think people have found ways to watch this show. What I think YouTube should do is maybe take licenses uh, for different territories and, mm. and, and give it to like Netflix or give it to TV channels. Do you get what I mean? To put it out mm. there because it won't harm them at all, but they'll take money yeah. from it and it becomes, yeah. you know, you, a studio takes money. You, you know what I mean? They've got to, it's a way to do it. Cause how many people do you really expect to buy another streaming service? Like you said, how? Mm. You know what I find alarming in all this? Just the complete random random tangent. I've just heard you two speak about there was a bidding war and stuff. Now, to me, it was that the first season, it is an iconic cult classic from the 80s that we all grew up on it. Everyone loved it. There was hype about it. I remember sharing the teasers on, on like um, uh, Twitter and Facebook and getting dead excited. No matter how bad it would have been, which it wasn't, people were going to watch it. There was no loss element to it. No one was not going to switch on, which is why I think it's really silly by Netflix. I think it's stupid by Netflix. And mm. also D- Disney. Because no matter how shit it was, Netflix. Jessel, Jessel, no matter how shit it would have been or how shit the advertisement looked, you would have watched it, right? I probably would have done. But then, yeah. I mean, we didn't talk about the, the 2010 Karate Kid remake, which was um, produced by Will Can, Smith. I didn't, I didn't even watch it. That pissed me off. That pissed me off because wasn't it about Kung Fu? Yeah, it was technically. So why are you calling it Karate Kid? Okay, but do you know who produced Cobra Kai? Both of the lads? Both of these two? Will Smith. Oh, really? Did he? I thought these because two were producers Will as well. Smith no, so Will Smith and his brother-in-law, they have a production company and they bought the rights to Karate Kid, hence why they did the reboot in 2010 with his son and they still own the rights. So Cobra Kai had to go through them to do it in the first place. Yeah, but both of them are down as producers as well. Zabka and uh, Machia. Yeah, whatever. but in terms of executive producers, executive producers, um, really, it's it's kind of Will Smith his brother-in-law, and then like the the writers. It's it's not really um it's not really Ralph Macchio or, or Zabka. They they were obviously like very heavily involved, and it's central around them. But bizarrely enough, the rights are kind of owned by Will Smith and his brother-in-law. It's really strange, a very strange thing. And maybe that's another reason where like like it kind of irks me a bit that more people are not going to watch this because you know YouTube Premium. I mean, at the moment, like like Google have got some new products out and they're giving away six months of YouTube Premium. I'm hoping that will be a bit more of a push. But there aren't many other programs on there that you'd think yeah i would pay money for at least with the other streaming services they've got god knows how much content so it's just a bit of a strange one really but like like you were saying i hope this it can just go to different channels or maybe they make it free for a week before the second series or something like that i don't know like that there are ways that they could do it but it's just a bit of a strange one like i can't believe no one else picked it up like or just snapped it up and outbid them that's brilliant i didn't know that you know about will smith didn't know that. I'm I'm surprised as well that. Uh, so so you guys didn't like the 2010 film? Have you just not seen it or didn't? I, 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 didn't, like I, it. Did, I, I didn't. watch I it. I didn't mind it. I mean, I like Jackie Chan. I watched it, and you know, and if it's on TV and there's fuck all on, I will sit through it. But I just think to myself, nah. The first time I watched it, I was exactly like that. I was kind of triggered, if I'm honest. But then you like, would be naturally. 
But then the second and third time, like when it was on, like you were saying it was on TV, and I just sat and thought, oh, whatever. It was actually not as bad a film as I thought it was. And I think it was targeted at a much younger audience, obviously, mm-hmm. as, a, as a proper like reboot kind of thing. And I don't think it was a bad film at all. And if anything, there were a lot of things that were a bit more realistic than, than like, you know, Ralph Macchio, like sort of suddenly learning karate in three weeks. At least you saw Jaden Smith kind of really put the work in. So uh, I don't know. It wasn't as bad a film as I think people give it uh, give it as a reputation oh yeah i think i think in terms of like um the the cultural references and stuff obviously like you know this black kid living in was it was it china i can't yeah it wasn't china you you know like and you know that in itself must have been quite difficult and you know he was getting bullied and things and i i completely get that you know when you look at all those elements it makes complete sense and i know what you're saying but to me i just thought to myself no yeah people have strong feelings about the karate kid film i think that's the basis of cobra kai we could argue about karate kid like the original films and then maybe not the hillary strength remix but then and then the, and then 2010 fun we could we could talk about this forever and and that's what's given the cobra kai creators the impetus and and the kind of whole foundation to make such a great series i'm just i can't believe how good it is like like we were saying before 100 percent on rotten tomatoes i mean hardly anything gets that that's crazy yeah nominated for an emmy dude it should be this is my favorite tv event of the year i mean admittedly game of thrones hasn't been out this year so 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 you're kind of a bit more of a free run but like you know I, I i think this is just so much fun it just gave me this feeling of when i was a kid again but then it's updated it and they've expanded it so i just think they did everything right frankly yeah outstanding stunt coordination for a comedy series or a variety program so it's obviously a variety program but uh yeah they they they, they love the karate obviously in this so that's why it's got an, an emmy but still it's at least got noted you know, for something, and hopefully he gets it. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> so, oh, I think it's, that's already gone, isn't it? The Emmys for that 2018. Is that that they already gone? I think they have. Maybe, it's, maybe it's not had it. But yeah. So, like you said, it's 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 looking like this is going to be another must-watch show for us all. Um, thank you so much, Jessel, for coming on. You were fantastic, Nina. Thank you for all your Danny hate. Really makes it a good show, uh, with the, with the absolute staunch Danny hates going on. Everybody's hero is now. Everyone go and watch Karate. If you've watched Cobra Kai immediately straight after, go and watch Karate Kid and, you know, let's talk. Let's stay walk to Danny LaRusso people. <laughs> and from- walk. <laughs> and, uh, before we go, we're going to announce as well, uh, that Jessel is going to be the new host of the Movie Night podcast. There's one more Movie Night to come this week. Um, hopefully, if the stars align, myself, Joe Simpson, and Andy Wells will be talking about Solo. Uh, so once we do that, Jessel's going to take the reins, aren't you, Jessel? And, uh, and take on Movie Night in your own way. Yeah, that's right. It's a big responsibility, but, uh, you know, I'm going to give my all and, um, and try and kind of bring some really up-to-date films and uh, and some really current ones go back with some classics <laughs> and uh <laughs> she wants to be in john wick mate that's what she no, say i'm just can someone cover a fucking keanu reeves film people <laughs> like before you go do you like john wick jessel 
I have seen John Wick and John Wick 2. They, they're, they're good, solid films. I know John Wick 3 is coming out. Maybe we can do like a trilogy there when he's riding on a horse and yeah. like stabbing someone well, or whatever. We're actually talking about the greatest trilogy of all time. Yeah? Oh my God, she loves it. This is it. This would be good because Jessel seems like he's just okay with it. Whereas this yeah, woman I, loves it. I don't like this horse, guys. Get rid of him. He's only just starring and she's on him out. Right, before Jessel becomes I, I Danny. I am the Daniel LaRusso yeah. <laughs> of the film podcast. So, from Danny LaRusso, <laughs> Nina can be Johnny. Yeah, and uh, I'm probably creased. Then. Right, we'll chat to you very, very soon on the Box Podcast. We'll be back with another brilliant TV show very, very soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 